Hello, Georgia, and hello, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the January 25th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. As always, our show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that firm is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we proudly provide services to government and nonprofit organizations. Of course, you can listen to Local Matters on the radio on WKZK, Wednesday afternoons at 1.30, or Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. But if those times are not convenient for you, you always have the option of listening to the podcast version. The audio there is the exact same. The only difference is you can listen to a podcast anytime you get ready. You can go to Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts to pull those up. Or if you're on the Facebook platform, please just go to Facebook and uh, you can pull up episodes there. My Facebook page for Local Matters is the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia. Please go there, follow us, and you can uh, listen to any of those episodes at your convenience. Last week, I was joined by Dr. Patrick Dix. He is an expert in the field of automation, and he came in to give us a serious discussion about how the workforce is changing and specifically the types of jobs companies will need in the future, the types of jobs that will change, and the types of jobs that won't be needed at all. So as you consider your career path, he offers pretty significant feedback on the future of that labor market, and that's something uh, that you don't want to miss. We have done a YouTube video on that particular episode. So please go to YouTube, subscribe to the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia YouTube channel, and take a listen to that very informative uh, video. Today, our guest is John Milton of Jay's Place Barbershop over on Olive Road. Um, I joined his barbershop talk on December 28th. Uh, and uh, he is returning the favor today by joining us. Uh, I think you all may remember that a few shows ago, I talked about how this year, since there aren't a lot of elections, I'm going to spend some time just talking to people who are everyday average citizens, uh, people in our community that may not hold any elected office, but who are just concerned about what happens in Augusta and our state. So he is the first of what will be hopefully many who will come in and just give us their perspective on how they see things. Um, we had a great conversation. Hopefully you will enjoy uh, listening to that. But before I get to Mr. John Milton, a couple of things I want to fill you in on. Uh, the first is that qualifying has taken place for the Richmond County Board of Education District 6 seat. Um, there are three candidates who have put themselves up to run for that office, and those three candidates are Laura Green, William Johnson Jr., and Ed Lowry. So it's officially campaign season again in Augusta. 
uh, that school board election will take place on March 21st. So if you live in District 6, uh, please make sure that you research those candidates. Of course, we will have them or invite them to come into Local Matters uh, so they can talk a little bit about their platforms, why they decided to run for school board and what they hope to accomplish if they are successful in winning that office. Um, before, though, uh, we invite them in, um, uh, I want you to think about whether you actually live in District 6. I know it's kind of hard to keep up with. Um, you know, you go to the Georgia My Voter Page system, Georgia Secretary of State's office to figure out if you're in that district. But a clue I can give you, two clues. One is if you have been represented by A.K. Hassan on the school system, that's District 6. There have been some boundary changes, but there's a good chance that if you voted for him, lived in the district that he represents on the school board last time, that you're still in District 6. Other thing is if Tony Lewis is your commissioner on the Augusta Commission, that means that you're also in District 6 and you'll be one of the people that should go to the polls on March 21st. Um, also, one other thing I wanted to discuss before we get to um, our guest, um, I really want to talk about Georgia Public Television because there was something on there uh, over the last week that really was exciting to me. And that was a two hour feature on public broadcasting, PBS, the public broadcasting system on Zora Neale Hurston. She was an African-American woman who wrote books. She was an anthropologist. Uh, she studied the history of African-Americans, the history, the culture, and she documented that. And this woman was born in the 1890s, so she was well ahead of her time. Um, PBS did a great job just covering her life. Even though I was familiar with her, I learned an awful lot. And you can stream that on PBS. So if you get a chance, uh, please watch that. And the reason that I think you should watch it not just because of what you're going to learn, it's also because you're paying for Georgia Public Television. Um, it is supported by state and federal tax dollars. So um, take advantage of the great programming that uh, is providing public broadcasting. With that said, let's get to our guest. Thanks for being with us. Today, Local Matters family, we are visited by Mr. John Milton. He is a local barber in our community, and he started a video podcast that goes on Facebook Live every Wednesday evening called Barbershop Talk Live. Uh, you all will recall that I mentioned that uh, I was going to go on his show. I made my appearance on his show on December 28th. And if you go to the Facebook page of Barbershop Talk Live, you'll be able to see um, our discussion. I was there in the Barbershop for about an hour. We had a really good discussion about a number of topics related to local government and what it feels like um, to in the seat that I sat in for several years. Um, so we returned the favor and invited Mr. Milton back. How you doing today, John? Good morning. How you doing, Ms. Jackson? You doing all right? I am great. I am great. Looking forward to an exciting conversation. Um, if you could, for our listeners, just give people uh, an idea of, of 
where you come from. I know you said you're from Waycross, how you got to Augusta, why you stayed in Augusta. Just kind of lay that out so people can get who you are. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I enjoyed the time that you came on my show. Great conversation. Uh, I just enjoyed the time and I learned a lot from you. So I thank you for coming on. Um, and as you said, I'm from a big little town called Waycross, Georgia. It's a big little town. And, and I, I, I graduated from high school, Waycross High School. Um, I had plans on going to the military. That didn't work out. And so I had a good friend of mine. He came home from Waycross and he said, come to Augusta. Come to Augusta. We're going to take over Augusta. Augusta is a growing town. And matter of fact, come to Payne College. At the time, Ms. Jackson, I never heard of Augusta. I never heard of Payne College. I was in the dark. I heard of Atlanta, Macon, Albany, Savannah. Never heard of Augusta. I said, okay. So he said, when we come to Augusta, it's 10 girls to one guy. 10 girls to one guy. I said, okay, let's go check it out. So got up here. Um, and he, as he said, it was 10 girls to one guy. It was girls everywhere. You know, I was like, all right, cool. You know. And, and I came up here with a little money in my pocket and, and he already had this little thing going on. So we actually became the campus loan sharks. We started borrow, letting everybody borrow money and, and pay me back with interest and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it went on for a little while. And, and then I got to the point where I was enjoying what I was doing, not knowing I should have been going to school and, and getting education. <laughs> I love school. I was, it was hard to stay in school. It was hard to even stay in class. I was <laughs> so much fun going on and stuff like that. And um, I enjoyed all that. And and, um, and then one day I got a letter from the academic office saying, Mr. Milk, you are on academic probation. I said, what that mean? So I said, well, you got to take, you got to sit out for a semester because you ain't up to par on your grades. I said, oh, okay. So now it hit me. I got to get serious. I need to buckle down and get serious. But at that point, it was too late. I needed to sit out, get myself together. And um, that's what I did. I sat out for a semester, you know, got a little job and stuff like that. Now, now to back up a little bit, I've always been somewhat of a go-getter. Um, some people call it a hustler. I always did stuff to, you know, to make the ends meet and, and be my own boss type person. And, and that's kind of where it, where it um, once, I, once I got on academic probation, had to sit out, I just went back to my, to my roots and, um, put the plan in action, how I'm going to make my own money, be my own boss, and, and be successful one day. Okay. Now, how long did you stay in school at Payne? I did about two and a half years. Okay. Okay. You stayed, you, gave it, you gave it a little bit of a shot. I, I gave it a shot. I gave, I gave it a good try. And, and, and what kind of interest rate were you charging on those loans? Oh, well, it depends. If you, if you, get, um, if you get 100, I get 150 back. But, that, but now that comes with collateral. You had to give me some collateral. I had to get some some George sneakers. I had to get some bomber jackets. I had to get some, you know, for the money. And, and they always paid back with interest. Uh, me and Edward had a little had a little campus, you know, loan shop business going on. And, <laughs> it, it went pretty good for a while, you know, until I got the letter in the mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you still had contact. So, I mean, you could have continued to make the loans even after you were no longer a student, right? Well, that's that's true. And that's what I was doing. I was doing, okay. I mean, even, even some, some of the teachers and some of the administrators, you know, cause they was getting paid once a month. And by them getting paid once a month, they needed something to hold over to the end of the month. You were loaning money to the staff too? I was loaning money to the staff. I was, I mean, I was, it was crazy. I was like, you know, it, but again, they didn't want nobody to know. 
you know, come by the room and talk to me or see me in the hallway or whatever, you know. So, and they were got around campus that we was little long sharks and that's, that's how it went. Gosh, guys are forever looking for business opportunities. And that is wonderful to be a, a hustler. son went to school at Tuskegee and um, a lot of kids didn't have vehicles. Oh yeah. At Tuskegee. And I, I told him, I said, well, I would consider it cruel and unusual punishment for you to, me to send you to Tuskegee without a vehicle. Uh, and he capitalized on the fact that he had a vehicle because he used to give rides to people for money. He was like, yeah, can you drive yeah. to the Atlanta airport? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and he was yeah. his price a little bit lower than what Groom would charge. And he would okay. take to Atlanta. <laughs> so, hey, I'm with, I'm with him. I'm with him. You got to do what you got to do. So that, that's, that's great. That, that inter- entrepreneurial spirit is a wonderful thing. Wonderful yeah, thing, especially yeah. for our uh young African-American man. So how did you decide to become a barber? How did that evolve? Well, now that was, that was always in my, in my spirit, you know, for years, because growing up back in this big little town called Waycross, Georgia, my, my mom used to always get up, you know, Sunday mornings and, and do my, my, uh, my sister hair with the hot iron on the stove and all that kind of stuff. And so I, they was doing all that, my sister crying, cause my mama burning her ears and all that stuff going on. And, and so I was fascinated about how she was doing her hair and making it look good when she finished with it. So then I go to the, to the beauty salon with my mom and my grandmama and the lady Miss Bostic was making all this money cause she was the only beautician in that area was everybody coming to her house. And I'm like, man, this lady making a killer. She used to get a brand new Cadillac every year. She was, she was the lady. So I'm like, this is something I want to do. So that was always in my spirit to, you know, to do hair, but I really wanted to do the ladies' hair because I knew that's where all the money was at because I see all the, the money my mom and my grandma was paying and all the money that lady was making from the, from the customers. I said, this got to be, the, this is it. So I was going, when, I, when, the, when the military thing didn't work out, I went to Southern Barber College. It was down on 8th Street. So when I went to Southern Barber College. That was, that was, I was just going to get the barber license and then go get the cosmetology license because at the time there was no openings in the cosmetology area. So I just went on and got the barber license. I said, when I finish this, I'll go back and get the cosmetology. That didn't ever happen because that was, once I got my barber license, people wanted to get me to cut the hair and, and that, that kind of, you know, took another, another direction. So I just stuck with the barber and, and thank God I did. Okay. How long have you had your own shop? Oh man, I had, I had probably, well, I've been cutting hair about 30 years now. Um, so probably about 20, 20 some years, about 25 years. And put in a plug, where's the shop? Jay's Place Barbershop, 1927 Olive Road, uh, across from Mount Vernon Baptist Church. Um, great location, the people love me. I love the people, uh, great community. I try to give back to the community as much as I can and they always keep supporting me. Uh, I just try to be a good person, a good people person. Again, 1927 Olive Road, Jay's Place Barbershop. Okay. All right. Which is where I was sitting when I did <laughs> interview with him. Okay. Um, that's, that's pretty cool, actually. Um, as we talk, um, one of the things that I wanted to highlight this year, if there aren't any elections this year, last year, you know, there were elections out the wazoo, so candidates mm-hmm. in for a large part of the year. So this year, of course, not as many elections right now. I think the only election I'm aware of in the Augusta um, area in Richmond County is going to be for the District 6 school board seat. Um, okay. Because unfortunately, 
Tyreek Robinson passed away and it's going to have to be a special election to fill that that seat. So because I won't have candidates on this year, I'm going to kind of focus on um, the everyday man, you know, uh, one of, and when I say everyday man, I want to get a feel for what real people are really talking about as it relates to state and local government in um, our area. And who best to tell me that than somebody who runs a barbershop? Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, it all comes to the barbershop. So first thing though, before I get into barbershop talk, which I'll talk about in the barbershop, I want to give you, do you even consider yourself to be the average man? Are you the average citizen or not? I think I am. I think I'm the average average Joe Blow because I don't think I do anything special. I don't think I got any special powers, any any um, anything better than anybody else. I just I'm the type. I just take a chance. I take the chance. Uh, if there's a one percent chance that I can do it, I'm gonna take that chance because all it takes for somebody to say I can't do it, and I'm gonna prove them and prove to myself I can do it. So I'm not nothing special that I do, nothing elaborate I do. I'm just being me, and that's pretty much who I am. So being you, you're in your barbershop, what, five days a week, six days a week? Yes, five days a week. Five days a week. What are some of the things that the customers coming in talk about in the barbershop? Oh, man, I, I, we, we really ain't got enough time on that particular question, but it's so funny you asked that question because, um, again, me being me and who I am, I got a call this morning, Miss Miss. I got a call this morning and and... Sometimes, you know, you get the phone calls and, and you don't recognize the number, so you don't ask them to go to voicemail. So this number looked familiar, so I answered the call and the guy said, what's up, man? You all right? I said, I'm good, man. And I, I'm keep, I'm still talking because I don't recognize the voice. I mean, I don't recognize the number, but I kind of recognize the voice. And I said, hey, man, you all right? He said, man, you, you're free later today? Now, the shop closed on Mondays. So I said, nah, just give me a call. I got some running around to do. I said, I got something very important to do this morning. So he said, can I call you later today? Uh, I need something to talk with you about. So I talked to him, you know. He said, well, I'll give you a heads up. Let me give you a heads up. Do you know anybody that's a loan shark? Now, my mind went back to my paying college day. Right? <laughs> I said, no, what you need? He said, I need to borrow about $1,800. I said, $1,800? I said, well, what? I'm thinking in my mind, why did you call me for $1,800? You know, so so going back to the original question, everybody some kind of way come to me for advice, for some encouragement even for money, money. I'm like, man, I ain't got no money. I'm trying to make sure you pay me what you owe me for the haircut. So what do you think I got extra money? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's getting crazy. So there's so much going on to the, to, I call it Jay's Place. I don't call it a barbershop. I call it Jay's Place because Jay's Place is different from any other barbershop. You can go to, you know, every, every barbershop is almost on every corner, but ain't one Jay's Place barbershop. So when I want somebody to be in the shop, they say, I'm at the barbershop. No, you at Jay's place. It's a difference. Okay, got it. I got it. So if you, y'all sit around or you're working, they're sitting around, somebody's in the chair, somebody's waiting in the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to get into right. the chair. And does the city of Augusta ever come up, local government, state government, does those topics ever come up when y'all are in the shop? They come up. They come up almost every day, and every customer gonna come in with the local news that's on their mind. They want to discuss it, want to talk about it, and and this is this is. Let me tell you how I, how I get crazy in the barbershop. You get crazy to the point where the the local the local government subject comes up, 
with the mayor. When I, when I say the mayor, I mean the previous mayor. Um, what are you doing in the church? What are you doing with his kids? What are you doing with the wife? All this, you know, scandalous stuff going on. So they really want to hear my side. They already got their their opinion set. What they what they think they want to hear my side to co-side with them or change their mind or whatever. So when you when you talk about the local government, uh, who's stealing money? Why they why this person got a job? They don't even need a job. They ain't qualified. They only got the job because who their daddy is, who their mama is, and and so sometimes. The, the conversation goes so far, but like, man, I don't trust none of them. None of them should be enough. They need to get rid of the whole commission, get rid of the whole, even the mayor. All of them need to go and, and get get somewhere else because they're killing the city. They're killing the city. So now I got to sit there and, and give my opinion on it. And some of it I agree with. Start a whole new bunch of people down there. Okay. And when they say they're killing the city, I mean, are they do they voice like expectations about what they think they should be getting from the city? Yeah. Yes, and and actually, my opinion is I think they should have did some with the Regis Mall twenty plus years ago because that is an eyesore. Um, it looks like, I mean, I, my my suggestion one time was was to make it a casino, make it a, make some type of restaurant out of you know different stores in there. So even though you know. Years ago, when they had this big argument about ain't nothing getting done in the city because the, we don't have a balance. There's no balance in the in the commissions. There's no it's more whites than blacks. There's, there's all this stuff going on. So I say, well, maybe if they get more blacks down there, then we might be able to see something because the black folks can really see what's happening or what's not happening in the community or in the city. So because they got firsthand knowledge of the 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 part that they're not getting or the equalness that they're not getting. So maybe if we we can balance this thing out. Uh, black soul, whites, all that kind of stuff. And it happened. It happened, Miss Jackson. It happened to the point where now we had a black city commissioner. We got a black mayor. We got a black fire chief. We got a black this. We got a black that. And the key positions, black sheriff, black. I mean, all of this stuff is in the position where we can see that now these people are in the position to the point where now they can get some stuff done. They can make some stuff happen. They can take the actions necessary to put this city in a different direction and in the right direction because it's called the second largest city in the state of Georgia. But when that happened, nothing happened. When they got in the key positions that we, we tried to get them in, the city didn't move at all. The city didn't advance at all. As my and my and some of the, my customers' opinion, it, it took a step back. It took a step back to the point that now what the people are saying, why should I vote? Why should I vote? Because I voted for this person. I voted for that person. I voted for that person to get in this position to make a change. And when they got in the position, nothing happened. So I ain't voting no more. So now it comes back to me as I'm the I'm the the, the one of the so-called community leaders. Well, John, what you think? I'm like, I'm almost thinking the same thing. Why should I vote? It almost, it, if you look at the big picture, ain't nothing really happening, but I can't, I can't tell them not to vote. I got to tell them, you know, I got to encourage them to keep on voting because one day this thing going to change. But either 20 plus years or longer, ain't nothing happening. That's crazy. You know, I, I'm so glad that you touched on that. And I appreciate your honesty with that, um, because it's one of the reasons that I created Local Matters was because um, people have lost interest in voting, as you say. I mean, last election, last election, I think 48 percent of the vote maybe um, during the, the runoff uh, when Ossoff, not Ossoff, Susan Warnock and Herschel yes. Walker. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we also had the school board runoff of district two on the ballot at that time. And there was right. maybe a 48% turnout. 
Um, I think the election prior to that, the November election, it might have been a little bit higher than that, maybe 50, 52 yeah, percent. It sounds like folks have gotten so discouraged from the lack of progress that they just don't care anymore. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. And, and I think the, the main thing that people want to see is keep your word, do what you say you're going to do, and let us see something. I just want to see it. If I can see it, then I can believe it. But if you you your campaign slogan, one community, one people, whatever you call it is, and if you, you never live up to what you say you're going to do, now the whole mindset, the whole everything is I can't trust none of the politicians. I can't even trust nothing they say because again, why why are the attendance dropping dropping on people going to vote? You get up there and say we're gonna do this for the school board, we're gonna do this for the commission, we're gonna do this for the city, and 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 none of this stuff is happening. Now my confidence level is dropping because I can't believe nothing you say, I can't trust nothing you say, and now I get to the point I can't trust nobody. Nobody that runs, nobody that gets in any position to run because why is it consistently dropping? Because some people say, well, I can't go vote because it rained. I can't go vote because I ain't got a ride. That shouldn't be an excuse because you, it rained when you go to the grocery store. It rained when you go to church, but you can't go You can't go to vote because it's raining or whatever. So sometimes we got, this, we got to be honest with, this, with ourselves, be honest with the community and be honest with the people that we actually are supporting or so you want to support you and it never happens. Now my confidence level is gone. It's gone. Can I say this? Go ahead. If I now I was approached many, many times from years back to even now to run for a commission. Run for commission, Ms. Jackson. And and that much I thought about it. That much. And also this much I said, I'm not gonna do it because I want everybody to see the real John Milton. The real John Milton is the one that you see in the barbershop having fun, talking noise, just talking sports, talking politics, doing all that. I want you to see that side of John Milton. But if I get down there and get into the commission chambers, get into the, the school board, whatever the leadership role I get into, and I start seeing in my mind the underhanded stuff that goes on, the backdoor deals that goes on, the slick stuff that goes on, the, the clicks that they have, I can't do this because you don't do this for me. I'm not going to vote for your stuff. You don't vote for my stuff and, and all this stuff. Now you will see the John Milton that you don't want to see. Because I'm going to start calling you out. I'm going to start putting you on the carpet. I'm going to put your feet to the fire. And I'm going to tell the folks what you're really about. And see what I, what had happened with me. If I decide to run, I'll put it all out there before you put it out there. I would tell you, look, I got some speeding tickets. I got some unpaid parking tickets. I ain't, I'm, I'm behind on my property tax. I got. I don't been to jail. I don't, I don't did all of that. So I don't, I don't put it out there. So you can't put up no dirt on me. My first grade teacher, she did. And all that stuff going on. Say, what, what else can you tell me? So... I'd rather come at you straight up, tell you what's going on, but all that old back, those stuff they have going on now in, in the commissioner or, or any type of leadership role, I'd rather not give you, I don't want to put myself in that position because now I ain't got, for, first of all, my skin ain't tough enough for that because as soon as something jump off, you know, we still talking, right? Yeah, we still talking. I'm, I'm a, can I put you in the hot seat? <laughs> Go right ahead. I'm going to put you back in the hot seat because when you was in the position, you was in the, in the city administration position, Ms. Ms. Jackson. I was watching the, the, the different, uh, you know, the, when they have it on TV and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, I know she got some good ideas. I know she's trying to do this. She's trying to put the city in different positions. She's trying to make sure the budget is right. This is right. So I can imagine that a lot of ideas that you had, that you wanted to see done for the city, that you wanted to see the city move forward. And here come one or two that might not even like what, what, what you drive. 
might not even like what you put on today. Might not even like who your friends is. And they ain't gonna, that, now they got their clicks going together. But don't do what she like. Don't, don't go this way. Don't vote that way. So all that going on. So the stuff that you're trying to do for the city of Augusta, the CSRA to put this in a different position, it ain't gonna never happen. So now they get on TV talking about the administrator and let the administrator. It ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with you. You trying to put it right. You trying to make it right. And here they come with this old slick stuff. So now we get back in Jay's place barbershop with that conversation with man, they make her look like she won't know what she's doing. She's trying, you trying, we all trying, but when you got these, these clicks that ain't gonna try to do nothing, it, it's, it make it hard for everybody. So my 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 sanity would be in the barbershop having fun to let y'all see the John Milton like that. Not the real John Milton that you that hardly ever people see. That making any sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So okay. what you're telling is that even though people not, might not be voting like we think they should, mm-hmm. um, people still paying attention. Right, right. They pay a lot of attention. They pay a lot of attention. And what they have learned in paying attention is one of the reasons they might not be going to the polls. Going to the polls. I mean, you could look at uh, a few years ago with, with uh, Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams. You know, that was on a bigger scale, not a local scale, but a big scale to the point where he pretty much was in a position to stop everything, closing closing down some of the voting polls and and doing that kind of stuff. So I was assuming if you win one position, you can't run for another position. You have to relinquish one one position to run for another position. He didn't do that. So it put her at a disadvantage because now it's not a fair fight. It's not a fair, you know, voting poll. So so for the older folks that see that, for the older folks that can't get to the place to vote because he decided to close down these polls in these certain areas, now they're thinking, well, baby, I ain't going down there wasting my time voting for these folks no more. Folks gonna do what they wanna do. So now if, if grandma ain't going to vote, the grandkids ain't going to vote, those kids ain't going to vote because the way grandma got treated. So now that whole mentality has been, been trickled down to the point where now the person that, that's over all this voting stuff for all this, they, they got what they want. Now they got an easy vote in, you know, so it's, it's kind of crazy. So I was the one years ago, I wouldn't vote at all. You can pay me. I still wouldn't go vote because my grandmama told me them folks going to do what they want to do and you're wasting your time. Okay. So when did you start voting? Um, Probably, I guess about 15, 20 years ago. Okay. Okay. So you and, were well into your adulthood before you- Right. Right. And, and you know what's so funny? I was I was a make up excuses because so like in other words, after the day over the after the Tuesday vote was over, and I come to the come to Jay's place and they say, man, who you voted for? I said, man, I got so busy in the shop I ain't get a chance to go down. Now, man, I'm talking about there was people coming in I couldn't make it, so man, I didn't get a chance to vote. So that was my excuse for years why I didn't go vote, and and I had many chances to vote because early voting or or the day before or whatever I had many chances to vote, but my mind always go back to here they come with that slick stuff again. Here they come with this old stuff. If I go down there and vote, I already know what they're going to do. They're going to switch it around. They're going to lose the vote. They're going to, you know, not count this, not count that. So I ain't, I ain't going to vote. So I, like I say, for years, I didn't even go. Okay. Local Matters family, we're going to close out part one. Uh, and then next week, we're going to run part two. So we'll close out and but we're going to welcome uh, Big J. John Milton back for a second episode. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.